Welcome to Brew Styles for Tuesday, August 18th, 2015, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. I'm Travis. And I'm Chris. This week, we will be talking about Style 5D German Pills. Check out our website, brewstyles.com, where you can leave us feedback and request for us to discuss your favorite beer styles. Send us an email to ask us some questions, and we will get them answered on the air. While on our site, you can also find a link to the BJCP website. There, you can download your own copy of the BJCP style guidelines and get more information about how to become an official BJCP certified beer judge. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash brewstyles and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Find our Google number on our website and give us a call. We'd love to hear your voice. Send us your questions and comments to help us bring you the information you need. All right, welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. I'm joined by Chris. Yep, just me. And only Chris? Just me. Oh, We're Sawyer. Well, um, as you know, this is our, our ninth episode. We are already up to nine episodes. The big number 10 is coming yeah, up next week. Yeah, which means next week's the, the tenth episode, and we're going to do a lot of drinking, so we gave Sawyer the week <laughs> off, because uh, he needs to rest up, poor yeah. little guy. Yeah, he's, you know, his tolerance isn't quite there yet, so mm-hmm. we want to make sure he's rested, ready to go for next week. We got something fun planned. Oh yeah, it's going to be a, an exciting episode. <laughs> I can't wait. Exciting, maybe. Uh, <laughs> might be one or two other words that we can use to describe that. Regretful, uh, maybe. A li- yeah, a little bit entertaining. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to play a little game with our tasting. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if we'll spill the beans just yet or not. Well, I think we have talked about it already. Yeah. So. But yeah, that'll be that'll be next week. Yeah, excited. But anyway, so Sawyer's not here this week. Um, he had to go help his brother move, mm-hmm. so couldn't be here to join us it's tonight. A, it's a moving story, Chris. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> uh, uh, very funny. Well, right now we are enjoying your homebrew. Yes, it's not for the style of the day, but uh, no, tell me about it. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty standard Hefeweizen. <laughs> Hefeweizen. You know, we talked about that uh, several several weeks ago. The Vice Beer episode, yeah. Yes, and... Um, episode three, four? Man, it's been a long time. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember anymore We're now, but... Uh, nine. It's, it's on there somewhere, on the interwebs. Um, but anyway, I just kegged this yesterday morning, so it's not quite carbonated yet, but... Um, it's fresh. Yeah. It was interesting because, you know, it, it, it sat in secondary because it... I had some fermentation issues with it. Even though I had it in my chamber set at, you know, 64 or whatever, it was still nice and very, cool. yeah. very aggressive. It actually blew the top off the uh, the fermenter. Whoa. Popped my airlock out. So, um, you know, cooled it down even more. I was afraid it wasn't attenuated yet. So I put it in secondary and brought it inside, um, you know, so it was sitting about 72 maybe. Mm-hmm. Let it finish out there for a couple of weeks. And it actually cleared which is weird. Everything settled out. It was like, you know, a golden color, very clear. So I was I was kind of hesitant about what that was going to be like. So when I siphoned it in the keg, I made sure to get some yeast in there. But um, now it's really murky and chunky. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> maybe it'll kind of filter out, settle out again and, and uh, clear up a little bit. Not, not like uh, clarity-wise, but just, you know, yeast chunks. Do you remember what the 
the filtered version of a Hefeweizen was? Crystal Weiss. Yeah. But I didn't filter it, so I don't know if it'll be, you know, it's not going to be crystal clear, but I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens over time as it sits in the keg. Maybe it's going to start off as a Hef, and then by the end it'll turn into a Crystal Weiss. Maybe so. Because all the yeast will be yeah. gone. Well, you know, the first time I brewed this one last summer, I didn't have any of these issues with it, so... I have no idea. That's the fun thing about home brewing. It's always different. Yeah. It's really hard to be consistent. It's a living product. Yeah. It changes. You can't you can't really control the yeast, you know. If you have you can buy the same strain of yeast, but if it's if it's if it's a different um batch or different culture or whatever, it's gonna react differently and so, you know, it's just really hard to, to be one hundred percent consistent. Yeah, that that's why we give major props to the commercial breweries that can turn out the same product again and again because consistency is so hard, yep. especially yep. on on the big levels like that. So, you know. well, they also have all the equipment to help with that. You know, glycol cooling and you know filtration systems and you know, Mr. Beer Kits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Beer Kits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't brewed recently, but I have a few things that are sitting around in the uh, in the carboys. I got to say, son, that. I did several weeks ago, and it started off real quick, and then cut off at about uh, ten thirty-five. Just completely stopped, which is wow. uh, that was a warning that that I had from uh, from the yeast company. They said it's notorious for doing that, and so just you know put it at hot temperatures and leave it alone, or you can repitch with a clean fermenting one. So I uh, stuck it in the garage, wrapped it up in towel. And just kind of left Jeez, it there in the garage. I mean, it was like yeah. ninety something. It's hot. In there. Wow, it's hot. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. So I've got that one, and I also did a uh, a chili pepper beer. Mm, another one. Ago. Yep, it's going to be my second one. The first one I did last year was a Chipotle a Roush beer, and it started off kind of kind of kind of on the fence, but um, several months passed and it got better and better yeah kind of smoothed out yep i've got one bottle left now should have sat on it for longer and uh if i remember correctly you entered that chipotle roush beer into the uh master brewer competition for a cap and hair and i believe you won first place that month yeah i did so congratulations thank you there's only two people entered but uh i was pretty there were more than two oh yeah (laughs) there were quite a few six or seven i think um, yeah, got a lot of compliments on that. It's yeah, surprising. Yeah, everybody said it was very good. It was. I mean, the smoke characters kind of started to come out a little bit more, and the spiciness kind of leveled off. So it's it's pretty pretty well balanced. You know, I'm I don't know a whole lot about pepper beers or Roush beers. I've had a few, but by no means do I know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. But it <laughs> seemed it seemed pretty well balanced and very tasty. So. Well, you're going to learn a lot more about pepper beers in uh, episode 10 next week when we <laughs> feature the chili uh, beer. Not quite. And we're putting that episode off. Yeah. That'll but, be fun, uh, though. We're going to have to make sure we get Ghostface Killer. Oh, yeah. We had that one uh, last year at the uh, Cabinet Christmas party, and it, mm-hmm. it was very intense. Melt so, your face. Yeah. We're well, looking forward to try that one again. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the one that I made was a an ancho chocolate porter. Interesting. So started with a robust porter and then add some ancho chilies at flame out and just kind of let it uh, steep for about 20 minutes. And then uh, I'm going to transfer it to secondary and I'll taste it. If I think it needs more ancho, then I'll I'll put some in secondary. And then right before kegging, or I guess I'll bottle this one, right before bottling, I'll put in a little bit of a chocolate extract for some chocolate aroma. 
We'll see how it comes out. Interesting. I've kind of started to plan out what I'm going to be brewing over the next couple of months. Um, With I wanna, a spreadsheet? Uh, I haven't been using a spreadsheet, just kind of in my head. Oh, okay. But um, <clears throat> I've got, you know, the, the half that I just kegged yesterday, I've got my IPA that's dry hopping right now, so it should be ready to keg next weekend. Xythos. Mm, um, yeah, Xythos hops. First time using <clears throat> that one, so it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. All one hopped beer. Um, and then next, I think I'm going to do uh, just a base Kolsch recipe. You know, my, my other Kolsch that I do, I added a little bit of lemon and lime to it, but I want to try it just the base Kolsch recipe, see the, how that uh, how that turns out. Okay. And then I'm going to start getting my fall beers. So I'll have, uh, I want to do my yeah. Scottish again, uh, Export 80, I think it was. Okay. Um, and then start brewing some stouts for the winter, let them age for a couple months. Yeah. So that'll be coming up. I'm excited. Our summer series is starting to wind up. Yeah. yeah. We'll have probably just a few more, and then we'll start getting into some of the fall fall uh october fest yeah martin's you know yeah it'll be good i'm excited i i like that style a lot in the martin you know more malty and, and a little sweeter mm-hmm. a little more body so it'll be fun well what style are we talking about today today we are talking about the german pills oh nice so yeah it'll be interesting you know this is kind of the um the european version of the american light lager so <laughs> <laughs> um It'll be interesting to uh, to taste a few of these and see how they compare. Yeah, I had a little trouble uh, at the store finding some examples of this. Um, I mean, first, I I looked at Viagra because I know that was made by Pfizer. Um, sounds like a German company, but turns out it's not. And I looked wow. at Tylenol. Wow, that's not quite for forward. German pills. Not pills. Oh, not like pills you eat. Oh. <laughs> Pilsner. Pill. If we can do, edit out do, that, uh, do we need to, do, we need to go do some more uh, <laughs> research so you know what we're talking about, or you know, just no, I'm I'm on point. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so German Pilsner, which is uh, slightly different than the Czech Pilsner, which we'll talk a little bit more about that. Yes, yeah, there are similarities, history, yeah. but there are some uh, stark slightly differences. Slightly different, yeah. So anyway, so when you uh, when you read the style guidelines for this, basically it can be all summed up into three words. Crisp, clean, and refreshing. Mm. So it's going to be pretty light, uh, light-bodied, gold-colored, you know, very well-attenuated, very clear. Uh, this is a bottom-fermenting beer. So this is our first lager that oh. we're going to talk about today. Good. Um, so basically, the German pills is all about the German malt and German hops. So you're going to get some some bready, biscuity toasted cracker type things from the the malt Mm -hmm. and then the hops are going to be more on the flower spicy herbal uh range so completely different than you know any any american hops are going to be citrusy piney you know things like that Mm -hmm. so this is a little more flower herbal type thing and we should be able to detect both the hops and the malt for yes definitely yeah uh it's not going to be over the top but um you should definitely be able to taste and smell some hop aroma and things like that so um <clears throat> so it's going to be a medium to high hop bitterness it's not it's not going to be about the malt so you you are going to get some hops in the flavor also okay and but yeah, it the should bitterness yeah too. yeah bitterness um one of the things about the german pills versus the czech pills is the water difference so 
Um, the water in Germany has a little bit higher sulfur content. Um, and so that's going to change it a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I heard that uh, that the defining style of the Czech pills was that they have a very soft water, so low mineral content. Yes. And the German German water is very different from that. Yeah. It's a higher mineral content, so there's going to be a difference just in, in the water uh, profile. Yeah, and that's going to make a big difference. The uh, Also, the, the malt and the, the hops are going to come out a little bit more. So, yeah, like you said, a little bit softer on the Czech pills, and the, the German pills is a little bit stronger on uh, on both sides of that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, <clears throat> it is going to be slightly different from a Hellas also. Those are all, that's another uh, German style that's completely, that's a little bit different. So, um, so just to kind of sum up, it's going to be pale in color, a little bit drier, uh, a little more bitter than the Czech pills, a little more hops. Um, bitter or better? Better, bitter. Better? Bitter, better. Bitter? Bitburger. Better beer face? <laughs> So um, that's pretty much it. You know, um, some, something that I that I thought was interesting was that this style has a few um, what we would categorize as off flavors in other in other styles. There are a few things that are allowable in small amounts for this style. Yes. Uh, yeah. One of those being DMS, which we mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah. Uh, I think it was last week that uh, you can have a very low background note, um, and that uh, typically comes from the the Pilsner malt that has a higher amount of it, and so it's a uh, it's hard to get out, and so they allow for a very small amount of uh, of DMS in the aroma and flavor. Yeah, and uh, also the uh, the sulfur. Yeah, you, know, you are gonna. You, it may not be, you know, so strong that you you get it immediately, but from the water and a little bit from the yeast, uh, some sulfur note is acceptable in this beer. Yeah, there was. Uh, I can't do lagers very often because uh, I don't have a a fermentation chamber that can that can get that low. But uh, there was one time, it was in the winter, that I made one and just kind of left it in the garage because it was a fairly consistent temperature. It went up and down, but it was in the, in the 50s. And I remember the, the whatever the lager strain was that I used, man, there was one day I just opened the garage and it smelled like sulfur and rotten eggs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap, my beer's ruined. Ruined. But yeah. uh, but that was that was one thing about that particular style. It's going to create a lot of sulfur in the fermentation, but then... During the lagering process is whenever all of those start to fall out and it yep. gets cleaner mm-hmm. and you don't get it as much. So, uh, yeah, this is a interesting style to note those two things. Yeah, when you do a lager, the diacetyl rest is super, super important. You know, you got to give the yeast an opportunity to clean up after themselves, you know, and mm-hmm. get all those off flavors out and, and really smooth things out. So, yeah, if, if you're going to homebrew, definitely look into the process for a diacetyl rest. It's it's a little bit involved. It has to do with ramping the temperature in steps. You know, you don't want to just crank it up and let it go. Uh, there is a little bit of process involved with that. So, mm-hmm. Yep, and as we mentioned, this is our very first lager, which is different from an ale. Uh, just a few quick things about the lager. I think it comes from the German word lager, which means to store. To store. Yep. And so you're, this style is intended to to make it and then kind of tuck it away somewhere for a few months and let it do its thing. It's going to be a, a colder fermenting uh, as far as the temperature. The yeast strain is a, is a bottom fermenting, a bottom cropping one, and so there's a few differences there. And uh, it takes a lot longer because of your colder temperatures, so you just got to be patient. Yeah, definitely. Well, a little bit about the history of the German pills. We did mention that it, it's related to the Czech pills 
which was the original style. And of course, you know, the Germans couldn't couldn't let the oh, those old Czechs have their own beer, so they had to <laughs> they had to make their answer to it, and so they did. But uh, because of the differences in in the regions, the water differences and the uh, hop varieties, then there were some uh, some differences between the two styles. It started off in uh, the early 1870s and then became more and more popular, especially after WW2. <laughs> war, war. That's right. And after, World war. <laughs> after WW2, then uh, the German brewing schools, they, they started to emphasize modern techniques so the, the flavors got better, they got more consistent. And uh, that's when this really skyrocketed in popularity. Uh, as you mentioned, Chris, it's the... It's the European version of the American light lager. And so they drink it in mass quantities, and uh, yep. it's very quaffable. Quaffable? Yes. What, is that our $10 word for the day? Yeah, it's a good word. <laughs> we might have, right. might have Siri Google quaffable here a little bit. But I'm pretty sure... Speaking that, of Siri, I thought it was really funny when you were texting me yesterday about where you found the uh, the beers. Uh-huh. And I, I could tell you were using Siri because when you said logger, it spelled it L-O-G-G-E-R. Oh, did it? You didn't read that? No, I didn't. Because I responded. You said logger like two or three times, and so it said L-O-G-G-E-R, like, you know, the profession, a logger, somebody okay. that goes in and cuts down trees. And so I said, okay, if I can't find it, I'll just ask somebody a question. Oh. And then you never responded. And I was like, are you seriously going to leave that one alone? <laughs> Well, it's because I had no idea. That Mr. Pun over here, I was trying to, you know, I tried to bait you in and you didn't take it. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> I was a little disappointed. Yeah, uh, I really... You just didn't, I guess you weren't paying attention to what Siri said. No, I was driving and so I was like, okay, well, I'll just answer it um, <laughs> so I can focus on the road. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I guess I did not saw the... Oh, okay. It's a little... Okay. Well, crap. <clears throat> a little late and a dollar short, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's related to the Czech Pilsner, so there will be some similarities. We have not done an episode on the Czech Pilsner yet, but um, we will eventually. There's a lot of good uh, good styles and, and uh, representations of that that um, that you may have heard of before, and so we're looking forward to getting to that. But uh, we decided to do the German pills today. Because there are also a lot of good examples yep. mm-hmm. that um, that we'd like to get into, and so we have four lovely ones to get into. Unfortunately, we do not have a homebrewed example yep. of this one. Uh, we'll get to yeah. Well, you know, like we said, brewing lagers is a, a lot bigger of a process. It's so, a commitment too. Yeah, and you know, I I, I want to try that at some point. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still kind of working through my ale styles Mm -hmm. and uh, i actually did try a hybrid um uh, a few months ago i found a recipe online somebody did and and they found uh, that they had pretty good success with doing a a heavy malt style like october is actually a martzen style but they Mm -hmm. used an ale yeast a really clean fermenting ale yeast and then you know a slight cold storage period Okay. Just kind of smooth. And it, it turned out okay. It was still kind of grainy, and it wasn't quite as smooth as the lager, but it was a, it was a good experiment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a commitment, especially when you have uh, limited space Yeah, to, to commit a carboy or a keg to, yeah. uh, to a beer and, 
to have it sit there for several months and take up fridge space well yeah it's a commitment but you know we'll get there eventually and, and we definitely wanted to highlight some lager styles during our summer beer series before before things wrapped up because it Yes, a lager is a great especially summer you know these lighter ones mm-hmm. it's fantastic very like we said before crisp clean refreshing mm, and that's yeah. pretty much what you look for in a summer beer well let's get into some all right so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back at you and we're back <laughs> All right, so what's our first example here? Oh, we are starting with our classic example. And oh, we can you mean do so that. Sawyer wasn't here to put it in the freezer. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's why we can do that today. Very nice. And this is, uh, it's, it is from Germany, and it is called König Pilsner. Pilsner. So it's not Koenig? No. Because it's got the umlaut. That's right. You taught us that in the Kolsch episode. Yeah. Kirsch. The Kirsch. <laughs> So Koenig, yeah, a brewery. Koenig, and it is direct from Germany, and I got a can, which I was uh, I was careful to pick that one over the bottle because the can is going to be less susceptible to being light struck. Mm, yeah, and that yep. is that is something yep. that this style uh, has trouble with from time to time because yeah. of that. Yeah, so light, mm-hmm. you know. So if you want to learn more about that, you can reference our beer one hundred and one episode. Oh, yeah. Where we talked about cans versus bottles. Yep, and it's a larger can, one pint, nine fluid ounces. It comes in pints? Or uh, in German terms, this is a half liter or 500 milliliters, <laughs> which is why the the one pint, nine ounces thing is so strange. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Well, you definitely poured down the center of the glass. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see how much you get. Oh, we got drips. That's Okay. So a little bit about uh, about where this beer comes from. It uh, comes from the Koenig Brewery, which is uh, also owned by Bitburger. And we're going to get a chance to try that as well. You can have the rest of that. Okay, thank you. And it comes from uh, Duisburg, Germany. D-U-I-S. And uh, let's see, 4.9%. And the commercial description is the king of the beers. Wait, this isn't a Budweiser. It's not. It is the German Budweiser. So it's the German king of beers? Yeah. I, I think, think there's there might be like a, a trademark dispute somewhere in there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I believe the actual beer that uh, Budweiser came from was, was called like Czechvar, Budvar. But I think that's a, a Bud, Czech Pilsner. Budweiser. Yeah. It would make sense for that to be Czech or German, Budweiser. Mm-hmm. So we'll get a chance to uh, talk about that in a future Ooh. episode, but... Today we have our Koenig, and wow, it is clear, nice and clear. Gebraut nach dem Reinheitsgebot. What does that mean? Fifteen sixteen. I know one word in there. Well, if I just said Reinheitsgebot fifteen sixteen, I bet you can yeah extrapolate the rest of that. So brewed under the quality guidelines of the Reinheitsgebot. Yeah, German purity law. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it is a, a light straw color. Pretty clear. Pretty nice and clear. Pretty clear. That's like, you can read through it clear. Yeah. Actually, I can read through it. I'm reading the words on the other side of my glass through it. And I poured straight down the middle, so I got a, a very nice, uh, thick, frothy white head. And uh, it's not really going away, which is, which is nice. 
I poured more carefully, but I still got a pretty good frothy head on it. Definitely smell the malts, a little bit of the hops. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not overpowering at all. Yeah, very. I mean, smells very crisp and clean. What does crisp smell like? <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it was a uh, it was a cereal that I grew up with. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Cookie crisp. Yeah, there you go. Or cocoa crisp. Cuckoo oh, for, yeah. for cocoa crisp. Or cookie crisp. That's cocoa puffs. Cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Cocoa crisp. I bet that was one of the like off brand. Yeah, it's on the bottom shelf of the store. In the bag. Comes in a big sack. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Anyway. So yeah, I mean I, I can definitely detect that there are, you know, some different kind of hops in this. It's uh certainly not what we got in the IPA episode. So there's a huge, huge difference in those in the German varieties. Wow. This, okay. So I know this is the European version of the American light lager, which we talked about, you Mm -hmm. know, which which the American light lager would be, you know, Bud Light, Miller Light, all all those. Yes. It definitely tastes different. There's a big difference between American Pilsner and German Pilsner. Mm Mm-hmm. Just just from tasting this first beer, if they're all like this, then yes, they're completely different. Yeah, there's a uh, a pretty large bitterness to it, mm-hmm. which uh, I would say probably comes from, it's got to be all hops with the bitterness in there. Uh, certainly can taste taste the malt as well. It comes across as a, a more grainy variety. Like it's, it's Yeah, a lot more grains. I do get a little bit of butteriness out of this, slightly. Hmm. I guess it's more like the the mouth feel. It kind of coats coats the tongue a little bit. Okay. Yeah, and that's man that that's one of those things that it's really it's hard to it's hard to detect uh, in some people, and some people get it uh, get it a lot. But uh, especially in brewing lagers, that's a big concern. Is to you know, like Chris mentioned to get that diacetyl rest and just get all the all the leftovers out. But you know, but you know, in some it some styles, it's it's okay for that to be mm-hmm. in there, and this might be. You know, if you get if you get a, a slight bit of diacetyl, it might be okay. But you know that that may also just be you know the bitterness level a little bit also. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would describe this as a as a highly bitter bitter beer, and it's um, bitter beer face. <laughs> Did you just throw up? <laughs> I guess the bitter beer face doesn't come across well in a podcast. Sorry. Yeah, it's more like this. Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> we need a webcam. Yeah, we need to do a next. video podcast at some point so we can. Yeah, yeah, live on the air. <laughs> anyway, um, would you say this is uh, <clears throat> easy drinkable? Yes, I might go as far as saying it's not as clean as some of the others, like the or maybe not clean, but as crisp. Like okay. the um, some of the cream meals we had were pretty crisp. The Kolsch's that we had were very crisp. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit on the medium-bodied side. Okay. Not so much the light. And, you know, in, when you read the style guidelines, it says medium light to medium body. Yeah. So it, it can be a little bit fuller. Yeah. the uh, I know the American light lager, the mouthfeel is described as watery, and it's that's allowable. This is definitely not watery. It's, right. Um, yeah, there's more presence to it. You're right. Yeah. And the, because this is the pale, bitter European beer, not American light. 
Okay. So, I mean, if, if you look at the style guidelines, they don't use the word light in the title like they do for the American light lager. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is that stark difference between the two just by reading the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it warms up, I can, I can get more of the malt character that comes through. And, uh, man, there's a, there's a lasting bitterness on the finish also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I mean, I guess it's, it's a hallmark of the style. Because I know other ones that I've tried have um, have kind of left the same feeling and uh, just what it's known for. Yeah. Keep in mind, this was brewed with a very high mineral content water. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, it's unique for the for the region. So, out of the hop characters of floral, spicy, and herbal, which one do you pick up the most? And while you think about that, I should mention that the characteristic ingredients for these beers, the uh, the noble hops. Uh, it's going to be more along the lines of the Saz, Tetnang, Hallertau, Spalt. That's kind of what, what they stick to. Mm-hmm. And then they use, obviously, you know, German Pilsner malts. But out of those floral, spicy, herbal. Well, as I as I take a drink and I think about those terms specifically, the first thing that comes to mind is floral. I think about just flower petals and yeah. maybe some uh, yeah. some light pollen. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Feeling. Yeah. Uh, I would not say spicy. Maybe herbal, but uh, but it's not necessarily grassy. No, I, I do think the uh, the flowery, the, the floral side really sticks out with this one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to tell because the bitterness level, yeah, is kind of high, and you know you do get a lot of the uh, toasted biscuit cracker type malts coming through pretty strong too. Yep, and so uh, I would say this is pretty well balanced. I mean, a hop aroma flavor versus malt is pretty balanced, but the bitterness level definitely sticks out. Mm-hmm. And as I, as I read through the style comparison and the guidelines, that's something that they harp on again and again, uh, more of a lingering bit bitterness than, uh, the Czech lager, more hop yep. character and mm-hmm. bitterness than the international pale lager, more hop character bitterness with a drier, crisper finish than a Munich Hella. So, uh, again and again, that's what, that's what they are wanting out of the style. And, uh, I certainly agree. It's not distasteful. It's it's it is what it is. It's yeah, there. It's the style, and you know, it's mm-hmm. it's very, it's it's pretty easy to drink. I don't want um, you to think that it's so bitter that you do get the bitter beer face. We were kind of exaggerating that a little bit. It's not it's not that bitter, but it's it's definitely you can definitely feel the bitterness and taste the bitterness. I don't yeah. even know if if I've ever had a beer that gave me the bitter beer face. We've had beers that gave me the sour pucker face. Maybe like an Imperial IPA that was way overbittered or something. I don't know. I, I it's more a mouthfeel thing at that point. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just looking at this can, and Koenig actually is king in German, so this is the King Pilsner. So it literally is the king of beers. Yeah, it's king beer. Hmm. I didn't look at the can before, but well, cool. All right, well, that gave us a a good baseline to start from. Yep, uh, we have. I think three other examples. One of those is an American version of this, and then I think the other two are also German examples. So. I'm sorry. I, I was just reading this again on the side. Imported by Koenig USA, College Station, Texas. Really? That's what it says on the can. Huh. <laughs> so the king of beer is imported by Aggies. Well, it's a college town, so... I guess they drink a lot of Koenig Pilsner in College Station. That's funny. I didn't know it was imported that locally. I thought it would be, you know, like a port town or something, you know. Like New York City or something. Yeah, something they can fly in Houston, maybe. I don't know. But College Station, Texas, that's really random. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, all right, so... 
Then to this beer, I say, whoop. <laughs> I think they do that. Yeah, they do. Okay. Gig them. You know, the little thumb thing. My sister was an Aggie, so. It's, oh, yeah. They, yeah, they get the know, thumb. Gig them. Thumbs up. Then I give this this beer a thumbs up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into another one. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I was looking at my untapped, and the only other time that I've checked in, Koenig, it was uh, in 2011. I was at a German restaurant called Edelweiss. Edelweiss. And it came in a uh, in a one liter uh, Stein, a mug. So it was like basically twice this beer. Jeez. It's huge. And on my comments, I just posted three letters in all caps, D-M-S. So oh, I guess well, when I had it go. then, I'd, yeah. I could pull it off a lot. Wow. So there's my picture. That's a big old Jeez. mug. <laughs> that is a big mug. Yeah. Wow. An entire liter Leader Cola. Where, <laughs> where is Edelweiss? It's in Fort Worth, okay. um, in like the southwest part of it. I've only been there that one time. But you should check that out. Son. It sounds interesting. Yeah, they got a nice, authentic German beer selection. I think they had uh, lots of different, different foods and, and things that, uh, like some sauerkraut and yeah, they got some brat, <laughs> bratwurst and. And sauerkraut and interesting and strudels and schnitzels strudels. with noodles schnitzels yeah <laughs> wow interesting Pretty colored ponies and bright colored paper what these are a few of my oh, favorite okay. we're gonna we're gonna move on now we're gonna move on now all right so we've got the um, Flinsberger Pilsner this also sounds German from Flinsberger Browery also sounds German uh, let's see. Says since 1888, imported German beer. Ah, it is German. This one's imported to Houston, not College Station. Aggies missed out. Yep. In the this uh, goes to Rice University. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in Houston. University yes. of Houston is in yes. Houston. Rice is also in Houston. It's not a sake, so you know, it's oh no no. Oh rice. man! <laughs> Kudos to you. All right, so the reason I picked this one up is because the bottle. You know, I, when I went to Total Wine, there were a lot of options, and as soon as I saw this one, I was like, "Yes, yes." Is it a cool label or something? No, or? it's um, okay. So it's it's eleven point two fluid ounces, so three hundred thirty milliliter, but it's a swing top, so it's Ooh. it's a mini swing top bottle, and I was like, "That's awesome." If I take if I want to take one beer somewhere and I don't want to feel like, you know, capping using a cap, mm-hmm. I can just fill this up seal it up with the swing top and go. So I was like, yes, nice. I'm going to keep that bottle. Yeah. So I'm re- I'm actually really excited about this bottle. But anyway, so I'm going to try and pop this open. We'll just listen. I don't know if it's going to make a sound. It's actually really tight. I'm still listening. Oh, okay. No, well, there's a little bit of a hiss there. But. Well, if you don't know what a swing top bottle is, it's it doesn't have a regular bottle cap, but it has kind of a metal contraption attached to both sides of the neck of the bottle. And then the top has uh, kind of a rubber stopper. And so you put the rubber stopper on the top and then kind of crimp it down with the, uh, with the metal swing arm. And then it's, uh, it basically turns into like a, a wine stopper. And you can open it and close it, seal it up. It's airtight. Yeah, resealable. Very convenient for home brewers. Or driving. And no, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is open, open container on a swing top? This did have a seal on it that I had to, to break open to get to the, the swing top lever. Maybe that's the deal. So, I don't know. Anyway. All right. 
This one also very clear, similar color as the first one. It's kind of a light. Might be a little bit lighter. Uh, a, a straw color. Yeah. Nice, nice bubbly mm. white head. Again, the aroma is different. I get a lot more of something. I get a lighter aroma. It's not as a uh, not as intense. It, well, I say intense. It wasn't uh, as present as the first one. Softer, sweeter aroma, almost. I get a lot of butter in the aroma. Oh, butter! Do you get that at all? Not necessarily. I'm starting to think that maybe I'm one of those people that can't really pick it up as well. Maybe I'm just like <clears throat> hypersensitive to it. I don't know because, oh, the taste is very different. It's very, well, I won't say anything until you taste it. Like, like when I smell it, I get, uh, I get some sweetness. I got a hair in my in my froth. I, get a, <laughs> I think that's mine. Hair of the dog. Yeah. Or wait. <laughs> no, this is Flintsburger. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, it's like a. Man, I don't want to say clay, because I said Play-Doh once before, and you all you know, clowned on me. But <laughs> it's like it's some some like softer, sweeter notes. Definitely, yeah. I would say floral. I don't know. I can't get past the butter. Dry flavor, also bitter, yes. but but different from the Kernig. It's mm-hmm. to me very grainy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could say that. If you uh, like, if you if you go to the homebrew store and they let you go back in the in the malt room. And you just like get a handful of the grains and kind of chew on them. Yeah, that's that's what it tastes like. It's straight up grain to me. Because that's kind of fun to do you know, before you make a beer. If you have the grains, just kind of pop a few of them in your mouth before you do it. Because yeah. the flavors you get from there is exactly what's going to be in the beer. So yeah. it's just like a you know coffee. If you put some coffee beans in your mouth, chew on them a little bit, you can kind of taste the coffee. So it's the same kind of thing with the grain. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you know taste the different roast levels. Yeah, this is I, this tastes like grain to me just straight up grain i don't get a whole lot of hop flavor i don't get a whole lot of hop aroma mm-hmm. there's a little bit of bitterness but it's just straight up grain which is interesting because i've never had something that was this much grain one-dimensional yeah yeah the uh the kernig had some more complexity to it yeah the the hop side was more present and uh this one certainly has the bitterness also that's that's been a hallmark between both of these and uh Leaves a very dry aftertaste in the finish, and which lingers for quite a while. But uh, but other than that, it's pretty straightforward. I think I'd agree with you that um, the the malt grain side of it is is much more present than anything else. You don't get it in the aroma though. I don't get a whole lot of grain in the aroma. It's it's a lot softer in the aroma. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a whole lot there. But as soon as you taste it, it's just. I hate to sound like a broken record, but you know. That it's it's stuck in my mind now, and that's all I get. I don't I don't get anything else. Yeah, well, if you're outside on a hot German day, uh, this is <laughs> this is certainly uh, quaffable. There's that word again. Oh my gosh! Nobody googled it during the break. Let's take a break and we'll Google. Let, we'll let the listener. They can. Yeah, the listener can Google quaffable. They want to know what that. It's a good word. Once you look it up, I challenge you to use it three times in a day. And then email us about it. <laughs> <laughs> we like emails. Yeah. We haven't gotten one in a while. Yeah. I guess the last one was John. Uh, Mansfield? Yeah. For the, the blonde, the blonde episode, yeah. That was a funny email. He had an issue with blondes. Yeah. I know his, his girlfriend had an issue with blondes. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe she wasn't blonde. So. I don't know. Yeah. John, give us a, uh, give us a, like, an update. <laughs> yeah. Let, it, let us know if, if that helped at all. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, then I would encourage you to stay away from uh, from reds and 
Well, that's, that's pretty much it. Brown. Well, well no, not Browns. That's Burnett, but yeah. Well, I mean, like we talked about in that episode, you know, you. Oh, go to, you I had a lovely Irish red the other day, and <laughs> see, yeah. So don't, don't, don't have any of those because. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, just, you know, you go to you go to BJ's Brew House, <laughs> you know, have a, a really good pizza, and they, all their beers are named after. Well, not all of them, but most of them are named after ladies. <laughs> the Nutty Brunette. That's pretty good. But anyway, um, so our next example of our German pills is actually from the States. This ought to be interesting. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit different. Yeah. Because they call it, what did you say they called it? Hoppy pills. Hoppy pills. Is, is there a description of it? So, might have a little bit more, might be a little more hop forward. So, we will uh, we'll crack that open. Mm. All right. See what it's like. Yes, this is actually from a new brewery that we have not yet featured yet. Yeah, all I right. said yet twice. We have not yeah. yet featured yet, yet. Yet, yeah. Yet. <laughs> all right, well, I'll uh, I'll crack it open. Why don't you go ahead and, and introduce it? Sure thing. This is from Firestone Walker, which is a brewery out of Paso Robles, California. And uh, they just recently came into our market, I guess, well, I say recently, within the past uh, year or two. And um, it's, it's a brewery that I've had several things from, but always had to trade to get, you know, people would mail you beers from from uh california and then you would mail them back uh, actually things from texas we're we're starting to get a lot more of it here because we had um i know their their ipa is really good we had that one uh several times yeah they do have a presence yeah. here now yeah uh the uh, union jack there was, we, yeah uh, yeah that's a good one i like that one a lot i think that was actually on the on the bgcp list for the american ipa ipa <laughs> is, a, is a classic style if sawyer were here he'd say I like it. That's a good beer. We actually talked about just making some uh, some sound effects and putting, sound bites. yeah, some sound bites and putting him on a, a soundboard so that every now and then we'll just you know post one of his uh, one of his classic mm, quotes. I like it. Paradise seeds. <laughs> Imperial I can't do this Imperial line. blonde. <laughs> that that yeah, one. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so he can be here without actually being here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we, the Firestone Walker, this is the Pivo Hoppy Pills. And uh, it comes in at 5.3%. And what they say about it is uh, everything we love about the classic German Pilsner with a hoppy bohemian twist. So we're expecting this one to have some similarities to the, uh, the German Pills, what we're talking about today. But um, not to be exactly the same. And just from pouring it and smelling it, I can attest to that. Okay. It's going to be vastly different. Color's similar, you know, straw very colored, light, yes, very straw. light. Um, but I do get a lot more hops in the aroma. It's a stark difference. Wow, definitely. Very floral, mm-hmm. very floral. I would say lemongrass for sure, mm-hmm. because it certainly has that. Uh, the strain of hops that they talk about using are the Hollertau grown Magnum hops, which mm. I think I misspoke, and I thought Magnum hops were American. See, I thought so too. I believe I was incorrect because we talked about that in the uh, IPA episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Interesting. Okay. okay. <laughs> hmm. Well, huh. I like it. Thank you, sorry <laughs> for your input. So yes, the uh, the smell definitely has a, a large a large hop presence. Bitterness levels high in the taste. Yes, not as much in the uh, in the aftertaste. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have the the lingering bitterness like the first two examples did. And this one has a a pretty light body. 
compared to mm-hmm. the other two also. Yeah. It's a lot lighter and, um, you know, not maybe not as dry. Mm-hmm. In the guidelines, it says uh, the hops are moderately low to moderately high. So it, it's like There's basically you can pretty do pretty broad range in there. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Also a, a grainy flavor, but, uh, I mean, nowhere near as, nowhere near as like, one-dimensional as, as the, the, uh, the, the Flintsburger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the hops in this add quite a quite a bit of a of complexity to it. There's something else in the taste that I can't quite put my finger on. Definitely, probably something from the hop. Maybe you mentioned lemongrass, mm-hmm. and I I wouldn't say there's lemon in the flavor, but you know lemongrass. It's it's more without. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you use the word in the definition, but yeah, <laughs> it's more grassy. Mm-hmm. Not like plant-like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like maybe dried grass. Yeah. Man, that's the tough thing about, about like tasting a beer and then talking about it is just putting what you taste into words. Yeah, and I think the more verbose your vocabulary, the more the more words that you have at your disposal, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, people you know will read a lot about stuff different things like you know we we talk about flaws sometimes and the flaws that you get in beer come out in certain tastes or certain aromas or you know what have you but being able to identify which is which Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more difficult because everybody tastes things a little bit differently so yeah and a lot of this comes to experience too yeah if you've never eaten a pine needle then how do you know what it tastes like or I've never eaten a pine needle. Have you eaten a pine needle? I probably have. I was in Boy Scouts, man. We ate everything. I remember, like, you know, picking the flowers off the honeysuckle tree and trying to suck the honey out of it. I yeah. remember doing that a lot as a kid, but, yeah. but I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if I ever ate a pine needle. Well, then, pine yeah, cone. There's also the... Kind of crunchy, I'm sure. If you smell something, then you kind of know what it tastes like, too. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will um, equate this stuff to food that you've had, mm-hmm. you know, so that works, too. I do remember reading something a while back about you can get a little too over analytical about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the simpler the better. You know, I've kind of noticed that if I go back in time through my reviews, my very early ones were all very basic and simple. And then after a few years went by, I started getting more uh, more complex in what I would write down. And, and then now I've gotten... Back to back to the simple, yeah, yeah. Back to the basics. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, what's in there? Well, I don't need to. I don't need to identify if there's, you know, something some like crazy flavor that I got from an experience one time as a kid. Say what you got. Or the more you drink, the more interesting the rates get. <laughs> yeah, those are fun too. Was that something pops into my head about old speckled hen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The longer the night went on, the the more colorful the uh, reviews got. Yeah. But anyway, as this one warms up, I'm getting more a little bit more of the of the bitterness. See, the hops are still coming through quite a bit, and you know, I keep coming back to lemongrass. It's yeah, it is very grassy, and there's a, a slight twang to it. Mm-hmm. Not like lemon juice, but there there's definitely a twang. Yeah. So I'd I'd be curious to see. You said Hollertau Magnum mm-hmm. was that the only hop listed? I think that was the only one that they... I would be interested to see, you know, what kind of things... Because when you think magnum, you think very high alpha acids. And, you know, that that would be strictly bitterness. But I don't I don't know about what flavors magnum imparts. Oh, well, I should have just continued reading. 
So the, <laughs> the Magnum Hops deliver the Lupulin Foundation. So there's your bitterness. Okay, yeah. Your high office. While generous amounts of Spalter Select Hops bring floral aroma and spicy herbal notes. Uh, okay. There we go. And then as a twist on the traditional pills, we dry hop with oh. German Sapphire for a touch of bergamot zest and lemongrass. Hey! Hey, there you go. Okay. So, yeah, this is... Um, so maybe we do know what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, if anyone ever questions us, we're going to direct them to episode nine and listen about 45, 50 minutes in, and then you will know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, there because, we go. Because we know what we're talking about. There we about. go. We just kind of validated ourselves a little bit there. Yeah. That's okay. Well, nice. Firestone Walker. I, yeah. I like this. It is. It's good. It's definitely... Di- I'd, if I were to have this, just somebody handed it to me, I would not think German pills. No, there, there's a big enough hop twist on yeah. it that uh, that deviates it, I would say, significantly from the base style. But um, but not so much that I would think like pale ale. No. I don't, it's... Was it? A, we talked about this a while back. The beer camp hoppy lager. Oh, the color's way too light for that. Yeah, it's. I, I would kind of think it to be similar to that. The hoppy lager. Mm-hmm. That uh, is it. Sierra Nevada that does the beer camp. Uh, yeah. Yes, and, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Because that was kind of similar to this. That mm-hmm. one I think was a little bit darker though. So, would you say this is quaffable? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> It's quaffable. I can quaff this. Well, coffee very much. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, we got one more to try. And um, actually, we have a, a recipe out of the Clone Brews book mm-hmm. for this one. So yeah, we're going to kind of we're gonna join our, our last tasting and our homebrew example, since we don't have one. But we will combine the two into this next one. Yeah, we're going to move on to our last example, which is the Bitburger premium pills and uh, of course this is direct from Bitburg, germany actually imported through college station again seriously man those aggies have a uh, they got a monopoly on the german beer market or at least the german pills market well didn't we mention before that um the koenig was owned by Bitburger? yes so i'm sure they use the same okay import company or you know whatever Commercial description says... Oh, my God. The classic Bitburger, a mature and most agreeable beer, is brewed with the best of ingredients in the same traditional way it has been for many, many years. The result is delicately tart and pleasantly bitter with a strong hop taste. Just on the aroma, I already disagree. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, allow me to pick up my glass. Take a whiff. Let Same me, color, light straw, yeah, very clear. Yeah, very clear. All these looked pretty much identical. So here's the swirl and the sniff. Take a whiff and let me know what you got. <laughs> I got that this is a light brown bottle, and because of that, might have uh, suffered some ill effects. But normally the, the brown bottle helps against that, but this one, not at all. Yep, we got a skunked one. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I hate to condemn a beer based on one example. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's no telling what could have happened to this bottle or this mm-hmm. case or this, you know, whatever. But if they're all that way, Bitburger, maybe you should use cans. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, along the lines of that, if it's like this all the time, then the fans and the, uh, the longtime drinkers of Bitburger are going to expect that. Yeah, you know, that's true, too. But, it, you know, 
So if they try to change things, and it's like, well, that's 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 not my beer. Just like bring back my beer. Just like what happened with Heineken mm-hmm. a while back. You know, we talked about that before. Yeah, they tried to try to change the recipe or change the the packaging. Got a lot of pushback from people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with those Heineken things, you get those mini kegs, and they still taste the same. Yeah. So there's got to be something else involved in their process to make that happen. But anyway, this one is the aroma. I get a lot more of the skunk. The flavor is more grain, but it's skunk on the finish. Yeah, that's usually how it works, too. Yeah. You detect the the light struck uh, a lot more in the aroma than the flavor. But it's definitely there in the finish. When you drink it, the very first thing that that hits you is grain. Then in the middle, you get a little bit of hop bitterness. And then on the finish, it's all skunk. At least that's what I get. Yeah. Uh, very dry, very bitter, and it's a, a long, lingering aftertaste like the first two examples. Uh, the Firestone was the uh, only exception to that. It didn't have a long, lingering bitterness, but um, that's per the and style. Al- yeah, it was also a little bit on the lighter side, too. Mm-hmm. It yeah, wasn't yeah. as medium-bodied, so that might have had a little bit to do with it. Um, this one's is uh, it's closer to the medium, medium body again, hmm. a little bit on the heavier side. Yeah. But, oh, man, that skunk, especially in the aftertaste, it just sits there. And it's just like, all right, I want something else. Yeah. Make it go away. <laughs> and that's such an unfortunate thing to happen to uh, to their product or anybody's product for that matter. Unless they intend for it. You know, some people gravitate towards that. I mean, think about all the people that you know that they enjoy Heineken. They enjoy Corona. Yeah. They, you know, anything that comes in. That's their beer choice. Clear bottle, green <laughs> bottle. That's what they go to. Mm-hmm. You know, they like, which is fine. You know, if you're into that, awesome. You know, drink what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Me, not a fan. Yeah. For this episode, I I tried to find the Trumer pills because that was also on the uh, on the BGCP list. And I've had that one time before, a long time ago. Comes in a green bottle, and uh, I wanted to get that one because the only time I had it, it was it was super skunked. Uh, just to show an example of of what happens, but um, we got one through the the Bitburger bottle today. But um, you know, I, I guess that happens. I was really looking forward to trying this one. You know, my inner nerd's going to come out a little bit here because um, several years ago, it's probably been a long time since this, this movie came out. But the uh, the X Men First Class, you know, the, the reboot of X-Men after those three movies came out and the third one kind of flunked out. but With Charles Xavier. Yeah. So the whole reboot of that, the first X-Men first class movie that came out, there was a scene where uh, Magneto, Magneto's character, is he's, he goes into a bar in Germany. He's looking for some Nazi guys. And uh, he walks up to the bar and he orders a Bitburger. And I was like, is that really a beer? You know? So I went and looked it up, and yeah, it is a beer. And I was like, oh, I want to try that. But, you know, I never got around to it. And then when I saw this one at the store, I was like, yes, now's yep. my opportunity. So I picked it, it up, and I'm just like, now that I taste it, I was like, oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, and you wonder what it would be without without having me light struck, but it would probably be similar to uh, the Fines Burger that we had or the Koenig. I wonder if uh, Edelweiss will have this on tap. Probably will. It might it's, be a, an opportunity to try that, you know. See what what it's like out of the keg rather than a bottle. Yeah, you know I think it'd be worth it to take a trip over there, uh, especially knowing that in a month or so there's going to be a big German festival that is going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. worldwide and otherwise known as Oktoberfest. Oh, nice pronunciation. Yes, there. good job. So we we'll practice we'll, uh, that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, from the throat. <laughs> so we'll probably feature a few of those beers and. Uh, Man, maybe uh, 
maybe a visit to Edelweiss would be in order for that episode. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, we might try uh, our hand at a, a live recording, like on location, rather than in our in our little studio here. That might be interesting. We'll have to. That might be a logistical thing. We'll have to work out. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey guys, do you mind if we like bring in all this uh, equipment and set up on the bar? Well, you know, our recorder that we've got here has got some built-in microphones on it. Mm-hmm. We could, you know, maybe just make it a segment. We don't have to do the whole thing, but I don't know. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that, figure it out. But anyway. Well, along the lines of the Bitburger, we yep. uh, we do have a homebrew recipe if you are interested in making your own German pills. What is, what is this book you're looking at, Travis? This is the... I've had this book for a long time, yeah. actually. It's called Clone Brews. Mm-hmm. And it's got 150 different commercial beer recipes that uh, that somebody, I, I guess the uh, the authors of what the book. What is his name? Let's find out. I think it's two people. Oh, it's a couple. Tess and Mark Zematulski. <laughs> you set Zematulski? me up for failure. Zematulski? Yeah, I'm sorry. Something like Tess that. And Mark. If we if we mispronounce your name, I'm sorry. I'm Texan. I'm bad. I'm sorry. Zematulski? <laughs> but uh, what they did, they went through and they, they found 150 different different commercial beers and then created a a clone brew recipe that's that's similar i mean a clone brew is never going to be exact but there's going to be a lot of things that are similar to it and i've made several things out of here to see what it would be like and then you make the first batch and then you can make some changes and tweak it a little bit yeah it's like yeah maybe this is a little too dark for what i'm looking for maybe there's maybe the hot profile isn't quite what i'm looking for and so you, you kind of change things from there but it gives you a good start and so this is their uh, their version of the Bitburger Premium Pills, which uh, <clears throat> the all grain is going to start with uh, 8.5 pounds of German two-row, and then you'll mash that in. And since it's, since it's Pilsner malt, you need to mash for 90 minutes, and as well as boil for 90 minutes just because uh, you want to get all the DMS out. And uh, I guess that's more important than the boil than the mash. For some reason, they, they want... Every mash to be 90 minutes and every boil to be 90 minutes in this one. Maybe just to make sure you get full conversion yeah. out of everything. But they uh, they also use 2.5 of, uh, let's see, 2. Point, if you got the degree sign in the L, that's Lava Bond. Is that right? Yes, Lava Bond. I thought so. So they got four ounces of uh, the two, 2.5, so it's very light, German light crystal malt. And then uh, also four ounces of German Munich. And then um, after that... We've got the hops, which is a German northern brewer. It's going to be an ounce for your bittering hop. And then a half ounce of pearl for your flavoring hops. And then uh, at the very end, you'll have a quarter ounce of Hallertau Mittefür and a quarter ounce of Tettening. So they got a nice little cocktail of uh, German hops that they're mixing in. And then for your, uh, obviously this is a lager, so you need to lager cold ferment it and then lager it. So you got a choice of, of which uh, strains of yeast you use, either the uh, Czech Pilsner from Y-Yeast or the uh, Pilsen Lager from Y-Yeast. Then you ferment and, and package as normal. So this would be an interesting one to try. I, I would like to if I had my lagering capabilities done. I may try to uh, toss something together over the winter when I've got a nice garage fermenting chamber. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Interesting. Also, it would be interesting to um, try this recipe that they... They give you and see if you can get it without the skunk because they didn't say anything about adding skunk. No, <laughs> there's no no skunk extract, so I think we could avoid that. <laughs> or leave your carboy in the sun for 10 minutes after fermentation. 
Well, they also did not say anything about that in the guidelines either. Yeah. So, you that, know. You know, light struck is... Uh, acceptable. And that's not acceptable in any style, as far as I know. Yeah. Just maybe more so expected in some brands than others, like we mentioned yeah. earlier. I, I'm trying to get this to warm up a little bit because I want to see what it tastes like warm. Because yeah. as you were as you were reading that, I tasted it again, and it was a little bit different, um, but not extremely. Okay. The skunkiness kind of... Actually, no, that's the opposite of what I would expect. You would expect that as it warms up, the, the skunk would come out more. But it becomes the, more prevalent. Right. But it's the, not that way. The opposite is true. As it warms up, the more grain I get, a little more bitterness, less skunk. I'd say that. It's interesting. I, I didn't expect that at all. Because hmm. pilsners are usually served fairly cold. Yes. Yeah. This is going to be one of those styles that you yeah. drink cold in the 40s. <clears throat> so I'm not sure why it would change that much hmm. uh, as it warms up. That's interesting. But yeah. Maybe that's one of those volatile, volatile compounds that just dissipates in the atmosphere over time, and now your or your house is going to smell like skunk. And I don't know. I've, I've had a warm Heineken, and it was disgusting. You had a warm what? Heineken. Oh. What do you think I said? Heine? It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. I don't really well, feel comfortable talking about it. Do people... This. Is that a short name for a Heineken? Heine? I'll take, a, I'll take a Heine. Probably. <laughs> that's the... Uh, what category is that? International... Hail lager. We haven't done that episode yet. No. Ah, oh, there's so many, so many categories to do. Yeah. Yeah. We we've been planning out the next few episodes. I guess the next month or so. Yeah. And uh, we got at least a hundred to do. If we're we we're definitely definitely going to be getting into some um, different things we haven't done before. We talked about you know obviously the the Oktoberfest Martin type things fest beers. Um, we haven't done anything British yet. Done some, you know, some bitters. We yep. haven't done anything Belgian yet. So all of those things are going to be coming up in future episodes. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Yeah, and then uh, next week is going to be our our tenth anniversary. <laughs> our ten week anniversary. Our ten week anniversary. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> our, our episode number ten. Tenth anniversary. <laughs> I don't think we've been doing this for ten years, but um, <laughs> our ten week episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on. Uh, you know, the most popular beers in America. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today for our latest episode of Brew Styles. Our topic of discussion was the German pills. You can look for our next episode coming soon where we celebrate 10 episodes. See you soon. (laughs) 